Hello, welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. This week we chat about what to expect from Google Ads in 2022. If this is your first time listening, we talk about different things that's going on in the paid search world. And last week, actually, Google themselves had a welcome to 2022 presentation. Did you catch it? Were you able to listen to that? Some of us did manage to catch it. Unfortunately, I didn't. And there were some very interesting recommendations on how to do things ads wise, search query analysis, match typing. And there were some definitely very interesting moments. I love the fact that I actually said that I'd like a lively discussion because I was a bit tired today and boy, was it a lively conversation. So yeah, join us. Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host, Anu, and I record from my studio here in London, UK, and I use this platform to share not just expert, but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions, and even if you do, then like, follow, share, and retweet on That's Right Twitter with my handle, The Marketing Anu, or join us in our LinkedIn group, which is the PPC Chat Roundup Podcast. Or if you're on Instagram, why don't you check us out on at PPC Chat underscore Roundup to get quotes, snippets, memes and gifts, <laughs> make me laugh, but mostly some quotes and snippets from previous episodes. It's a delight to share that this podcast is sponsored by Opteo, that's O-P-T-E-O. They are a complete toolkit for Google Ads managers. Opteo continuously monitors Google Ads accounts for statistically significant patterns. When something comes up, Opteo suggests an improvement that can be pushed live to your Google Ads account in a few seconds. So it makes your Google Ads profitable, not just focusing on spend like the likes of who we know. So join the likes of Spotify, Deliveroo, Selfridges, Etsy, and many more to see how Opteo can help your business do more with Google ads. Why don't you check out this unique link, which is opteo.com forward slash PPC chat for a 60 day free trial. Cause yeah, who doesn't like a try before you buy? So we have Julie leading us on this very interesting topic of what to expect from Google ads in 2022. It was definitely like a lively chat about the recommendations Google gave and how we're shocked by a lot of them. Before we get into it though, I like this PSA that Julie always mentions saying before we get into questions, this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. If you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community. Please don't be afraid to participate. However, lurkers and listeners of the podcast especially are definitely of course very welcome. So if you just want to listen, learn and take some great takeaways away, you are very much welcome. To do a bit of a roll call as to the people who are, who are here, we've got Nava Hopkins who joined us as well, Julia Vice, we've got Steve Gibson and Lawrence Chase, John Kagan as well joined us in this very lively conversation as to what to do about some of these Google recommendations that happened last week. And without any ado, I will get right into it. Our first question was, did you watch any of the Welcome to 2022 presentation from Google Ads? If so, what are your general thoughts and reactions to what was shared? Well, 
I missed the presentation, but that was because, very fortunately, I was on holiday in sunny Grand Canaria because I needed a winter getaway because it's very cold here in London. But yeah, I'm back with the heating on high. Let's see who caught it. Yeah, Julie definitely caught it. She watched it and gave a tweet live, did like a live tweeting of it while, while she was watching. So that was interesting to catch up with. And um, that's where I caught up with some of the ridiculous suggestions. She goes, I am here for you all to watch and digest these things. It was not all that surprising, really. Automation and simplification will be the mantras of 2022, I think. A few solid answers on match types and manual bidding staying. Julia Weiss as well replies, say, for the first time in several years, I did not watch. I caught some recaps, but this timing is for the birds who said presentations all January because they suck. (laughs) Presentations all January suck yeah steve gibson just goes no lawrence chase replies yes i watched it and for me watching it is more of making sure i'm ready for the direction google is moving in this allows me to make sure brands i work with are getting the most out of what google has do our personal thoughts matter at this point john kagan replies for once without sarcasm i missed it as the invite i think went to spam <laughs> yeah, we go on to question two now, since yeah, there's quite a few people did miss it. So Julie just takes us on to the specific um, recommendations made. So question two asks, Google Ads clearly wants advertisers to simplify the account structures by using broad match plus smart bidding plus RSA and including DSA, so dynamic search ads in ad groups. What are your thoughts and or experiences with this suggested method of organizing accounts? This one was quite a shocker for me. A lot of just automate everything, automation on top of automation, on top of automation. For me, I was like scary, especially it just seemed looks like automation on speed. And especially I thought to myself, was there any like audience overlays that has been suggested with all this very broadly automating settings. Julie actually goes, no, no mention of audiences. So that was a little bit of a shocker as well. Julie also shares a screen grab here saying, here's the new recommended account structure from the presentation. I'll try to describe this properly. And it starts with campaign one, and then you go into ad groups, ad URLs, ad formats, ad extensions, and you're supposed to have like, uh, yeah, just a few keywords, two keywords are suggested here and then DSA campaign. And then you give it the URL, you have one RSA per ad group. So it looks like one keyword per ad group, one RSA per ad group and a DSA ad group. So yeah, minimal keywords, very minimal, generic, broad keywords. And one RSA is what they are suggesting and add extensions like structured snippets, call out extensions and site links is the example they've given, but better to look at it at officialppcchat.com. Chris Ridley as well then answers question two saying I've only implemented pure broad match DSAs and smart bidding a few times in lead gen accounts and all I've got in return is high CPAs, low conversion rate and a hefty list of search terms to review precisely. I expect us to see this shoved down our throats by Google reps. I'm not a fan of the structure as I think more than one RSA is needed and until we have more data readily available and more control over campaigns I don't see much success coming from such structures. 
Roshan replies to question two saying broad match with automated bidding works well when you have a lot of data. This strategy has helped bigger accounts, but is a recipe for disaster for smaller accounts. I use RSA, but I do pin my qualifiers. I use DSA as a keyword mining tool. That's how I've always used it myself. Mark Subel replies to question two saying the recommendations are fine for larger accounts with more volume, but for smaller accounts who don't have deep pockets, we can't afford to run broadmatch for months on end while Google figures out and we add negatives like crazy. Lawrence replies to that saying, generally, I found testing with a smaller budget and building it helps. Don't open it up with a floodgates. Open until you start seeing some positive data, then scale it. Test small, fail small. That's some very good advice. Tim um, Halloran replies saying, um, that has historically been my approach and still is, but I've noticed I can't get things to spend or get any keyword volume like I used to when I start small. I think the definition of starting small has shifted with more automation. I just don't think Google likes small as well. Google wants more volume, more of your money, of the money coming to them. So I think testing small might have a bit of a few hiccups, I think, honestly. Julie replies to Tim going, yeah, I have seen the same thing. You almost have to build in a month of full spend as the learning period now. And Lawrence replies, yes, very good point. I guess the definition of small should be defined it is probably not the same for every brand i have also seen where if the spend was not high enough it did not move we also have steve gibson replying to question two saying well google can want all sorts of things but i've never taken their garbage advice at any point in the 16 years i've managed campaigns and i'm not going to start now ashna replies to question two i, I believe as well saying i would ideally set a high ticket client real estate for instance with this kind of setup where fluctuations or higher cpl wouldn't activate a panic button right away for local business accounts operating on marginal profits it's crucial to have CPL, so that's cost per lead, within a range all the time. We've got paid search Penny replying saying, I have generally stopped listening to Google's recommended structure and best practices. Their latest moves around broad match are getting very obnoxious and pushy. Uh, paid search Penny, Ashna as well, a little warning here you have no answers no a2 no labeling what question you're answering and you don't put ppc chat as your tag so i'm glad that i went into the replies of julius to check those out unless those could have been missed (laughs) an interesting reply to julie's answer to question one saying that she watched the presentation and not surprising it was all about automation and simplification Lawrence replies to that saying manual bidding is a probably on life support at this point the good news is I am seeing automated bidding working better on most accounts now though so it does seem to be improving what are you guys saying good performance from automation I've actually been used automated bidding for a while whether it's it's Google's automated bidding or a tech tool like Marin or Kensho Ignition One automated bidding I've been doing for a while or through SA360 as well. Yeah, that's a very popular one. And we have Julia Weiss replying to question two saying it's not a bad approach for an SMB with a Squarespace site, but DSAs are really dependent on the content and structure of your site. I do not think this is wildly applicable. Lawrence Chase replies to that saying 100% DSAs on a site who has not worked with a good SEO or content marketers can be rough. This again will favor larger businesses with the resources to have the right talent. And Amalia replies saying not to mention franchises that rely on specific location-based landing pages. Julia Weiss replies saying so many examples for a good product manager to take back to the Google team. 
And Julia Weiss continues her answer to question two, saying, One RSA, one, one. <laughs> Sirs, dearly beloveds, sincerely yours, I am not building new ad groups for every single promo we run on brand and broad theme keywords all year. Are you kidding me? So, yeah, she needs to get that things done a lot faster there. Nabak Hopkins replies to question two, saying, I see mixed results with these structures already. In some accounts, this works really well. In others, not so much. The biggest takeaway is to test and not assume outcomes. And then Julie Bicini answers question two, saying, I expect we will be hearing about the golden triangle a lot this year. Image is slide from presentation and the golden triangle at the top has broad match. On the bottom left, it has bid strategy, maximize for conversion, value, T-ROAS, which is um, target ROAS. And on the right-hand side of the bottom right of the triangle is ad type RSA. So keyword type, broad match, ad type, RSA, bid strategy, maximize for conversion value, which is T-ROAS. Their why is our product works better together, not separately, makes it easier to optimize your campaigns, how, follow best practices for setup, don't bend the rules. Oh, why are there rules? It's The rules should be anything that's adaptable to ensure that the business goals is being met and convergence is being met. Anyway, Lawrence then replies to question two saying that and they have been kind of wanting this for a year plus now. The good news is it was actually starting to work well. I'm still not a huge fan of broad match, but in some cases it can work well with automated bidding. The days of complex ad structures are numbered. We also have Dwayne Brown replying to question two saying simple makes sense to not have a mess to maintain since we use DSA as a sweeper campaigns better on its own. Broad does seem to work on more commodity type products. And now Hopkins continues to answer the question two saying on ratios of entities RSAs agree with one RSA per ad group just not one ad per keyword keywords i still think there needs to be exact match but having broad can actually outperform due to auction price dsa this is a trust fall too far for me extensions yes so basically the different stages of what she agrees with this structure but yeah she does say has if you don't remember she has said um she has mixed feelings and seen mixed results with this structure already and in some accounts they work really well in others not so much so yeah test don't assume is what she continues to say which i agree tim halloran when i talked about bending the rules where well when julie talked about you know saying that they can't shouldn't um, don't bend the rules in that graph in terms of how best practice follow best practice for setup don't bend rules tim like myself is thinking yeah don't bend rules well that just makes me want to bend away <laughs> just to test new things isn't that the whole point of testing you're bending rules to see for your product and your market anyway so um nava replies to lawrence where lawrence had said dsa's on a site who has not worked with a good seo or content marketers can be rough so nava replies this you cannot pull in dsa if you haven't invested the time in seo yes dsa works almost across the board for e-commerce real estate auto and other feed-based industries if you're not in a feed-based industry get on your SEO. Julie then takes us on to question three saying, how often do you check your SQRs, search query reports? 
Google Ads suggested checking them every six months. Every six months. Are you kidding me? So twice a year is when they expect us to check SQRs. And that's with broad match and DSAs and smart bidding. Ugh. Google Ads suggests <laughs> um, um, every six months for their new simplified account structure. I was like, yeah, very laughing emoji. Uh, that's what Julie puts. And he's got me cackling and startling the dog when they said <laughs> this. So yeah, Mark Subal replies saying, what drives us nuts is that Google ads can't figure out yet a search query searching for location outside our target area. How is that not possible? We have to add geo negatives like crazy sometimes. What a waste. Julie replies, I agree. This is a big problem. They seem to think they have it fixed according to the presentation, at least if you're using the golden triangle account structure. Chris Ridley replies, as Reggie would say, well, it depends <laughs> with an image of his dog drinking out of a cup. They say, well, it depends. <laughs> for a small account, once a fortnight, maybe even once a month, if I feel good about keyword discipline. For bigger accounts, once a week, maybe even twice, if it's early on or going through a critical time. Roshan replies, I check SQR daily and weekly. Daily, if clicks are over 10 and conversion is less than 0.10. Weekly, if it goes to zero and impressions is greater than 100. This helps to cut down a lot of noise, especially with a larger media budget. Andrew Bethel replies, I usually take Google's recommendation, then double it. So I only check my SQRs once a year. But in all seriousness, we check them frequently depending on data volumes. If a new launch, then we check daily for consistent campaigns with history. We do it off less often. Steve Gibson replies, I'm sure they'd want me to check them every six months, more money for them. How often I check them depends how long I've been managing the account. The longer, the less frequent I need to do it. Jordan Stark replies, at account launch, I check very frequently as things align more with what I'm actually targeting. I move to a bi-monthly or monthly basis. And Mark Subella as well replies to question three saying, we check SQRs weekly and sometimes more regularly for accounts that seem to be looser on Google's side. <laughs> Never mentioned this. And I totally agree about the fact that people are not checking their SQRs every day. In terms of pulling the report and doing you know, adding doing like negatives or adding the keywords. Yeah, you don't have to do that often. But I think every single day those SQRs should be checked because you never know where a rogue term comes through. And even if you leave that for a week, you should could be showing for a term that is absolutely and utterly irrelevant. So my answer to that is check it daily. Tim Hallam replies, I used to do it weekly, but I can't see anything anymore. What do you mean you can't see anything anymore? Is it not seen any of his SQR reports? And Julia Vice replies to question three saying, usually three times a week, sometimes less for bigger, more established programs. Every six months, you say, tell that to Otto because who literally creates new search terms with each product launch? Who came up with this? Somebody that wants us to take give them all our money. And Lawrence Chase replies to question three saying, I check them every six months since that is what Google recommends. Okay, no way I do that. When launching, I generally check every week until I am seeing things settle. Then it is about once a month. Wonky things can pop up due to new cycle trends, etc. And then we've got Ginny Marvin, aka Ads Liaison, coming in on the conversation about the golden triangle. And when Judy said she expects a big push for smart 
bidding and Lawrence replies yes I feel like the smaller accounts get hurt by this mostly and Julie replies as well said there's always a quickly mentioned caveat for the data thresholds I'm finding they did actually say that this might not work as well for lower volume accounts and then yeah Ginny joins in saying it's true that more conversion data helps inform the machine learning models faster we recommend having a minimum of 15 conversions in the last 30 days while being clear that more conversion data including micro conversion signals help and then Nava Hopkins as well says multiple times a day checked every six months sounds like an April Fool's joke but it's January SQR is clutch for PPC management plus collaboration with other teams SEO social analytics I'm not ignoring it very good answer and I totally agree with that so yeah and I said Every single day, Dogar Thomas replies to question three saying for mature accounts under, say, 10K per month, one to two hours every quarter is probably fine for actionable data. Hmm, I don't know. Dog continues saying like, I don't know, maybe I'm just a scrub, but I have made some very bad calls by being too aggressive with SQRs based on performance, especially early in the account. And yeah, I agree with Dog. It's not about making decisions every day. I don't think I am very much against making too many changes on a regular basis, even like changing CPCs, changing SQRs on a daily basis. But I think checking it is definitely important to be done on a daily basis. Jordan Stark replies to question three saying account at account launch. I check very frequently as things align more within that I'm actually targeting. I move to a bi-monthly or monthly basis. And then, yeah, we've got um, Julie replying saying, I check SQRs weekly. Interestingly, one of the case studies shown had SQR checking happening much sooner in the process. And like that's um, a case study from what you would call it, from the Google presentation. And the workflow they say was that in months prior to testing broad keywords, the brand translated the simplified account structure to their objectives with multi-campaign experiments, challenged the Google account management how this can work for the brand. Google and the brand built the search strategy together. And during the test, they optimized both sides of A-B testing to get day-to-day -day results, kept the T-ROAS setting equal on both sides, excluded irrelevant queries when broad match was triggering them so when so not every six months <laughs> have patience uh, was the workflow that google is suggesting so yeah i don't know about that whole only checking every six months andrew bethel replies to question three saying i usually take google's recommendation then double it so i only check my sqrs once a year <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, we check them frequently depending on data volumes. If a new launch, then we check daily for consistent campaigns with history. We do it less often. And we have Melissa McKee as well replying to question three saying we check SQRs weekly. We have a script that runs and that's Search Guy NL has created. So that's Neil Rugeman that shows us trending search terms. We start there and then dig in. And then we have Julie taking us on to question four, going another recommendation has was to only have one RSA responsive search ad per ad group and no ETAs or expanded tax ads. Thoughts, experience with doing this if you have. But first of all, though, Nava then replying, just making a note here, very, which I agreed with, saying there's an interesting conversation to be had around what we mean by checking SQR. Genuinely surprised how many folks are chiming in with weekly checks as opposed to daily or even monthly or quarterly sometimes. I don't think we should be acting on them daily, but getting those insights seem useful. 
I absolutely agree. Dogar Thomas replies to question four, though, saying this was a suggestion from a Google rep I spoke with. Basically, a lot of what's the point of doing it differently? What are you gaining? What are you actually doing with ad copy data? I had zero defense and loved the clarity. Hmm, interesting. Jordan Stark replies to question forcing. I've been hearing this from Google for a while. If this is the case, I would love to hear what their best practice is for testing ad copy. Another RSA ad? Guess not. Um, add headlines to the existing RSA. What if you don't get enough impressions for performance data? Mark Subel replies to question four saying, we are doing this now for newer accounts and really don't have a good feel for how well it's working, to be honest. We just know everything is moving to RSA. So for now, accounts, we just do it at this point. I think experimenting with pinned headlines will be key. Dava replies, this got a hell no from me. I'm making sure all clients have ETAs in their accounts now so the RSA can learn. That said, I agree with one RSA. There are standard ads that outperform ETAs still, not hurting winning creative. Standard ads as in just normal text ads, not ETAs? That's interesting. I didn't realize those could be created still. Dwayne Brown replies to question three saying we do minimum weekly just to make sure irrelevant searches aren't getting in. And that's a reply to question three. With Google making changes on SERP and how shopping ads work, it's a safety measure. Yep, absolutely. Julia Vice replies to question four with just a gif. Gif, tiff, ah. With Julia Dreyfus just going, I hate it. Yeah, Julia also goes, I agree this is a problem when Mark Subel had says what drives me nuts is that Google can't figure out yet search query outside Local staff, I agree to this being a big problem. They seem to think they have it fixed according to the presentation, at least if you're using the Golden Triangle account. So they mention location-specific improvement, broad match keywords that mention a location, sometimes match traffic that's not exact locations, so a car rental, Berlin, marching to car rentals, Germany. So no need to use negative keywords to avoid geo mismatches. Uh, I will not really totally and fully trust that to be honest Dwayne Brown replies to question four saying we tried to do two ETAs and one RSA ad group when ad per ad group when ad spend has it makes sense otherwise it might just be one or two ETAs yeah and I reply saying that I do agree that multiple RSAs per ad group aren't strictly necessary sometime last year put in like a poll put in a poll together asking what people think about just multiple what people think about multiple RSAs in an ad group and yeah some people did give some very what I found legitimately good testing scenarios as to why to have multiple RSAs so I was like we will need to drop ETAs altogether anyway in June this year so maybe start testing that as well Melissa McKee as well said that we are testing one RSA and two ETAs currently if ETAs do well which in many cases they are beating RSAs we'll leave them live as long as possible till June. In future, we will test two RSAs, one with pinning and one without. So that's a testing scenario of using multiple RSAs that I feel is sounds very legit. Melissa continues saying, I would never have only one ad in an ad group ever. <laughs> yeah, testing is always needed. Steve Gibson replies, the one RSA idea makes logical sense if you believe Google's AI works more sense than having more than one. Julie replies to a question four saying, let's be real for a moment, shall we? ETAs have been getting less and less impressions share for a while now. If you have an RSA in the ad group, it gets the lion's share of impressions. This is the end of testing as we have known it. More data on RSA 
was promised. So yeah, more data on RSA was promised. I believe that there's been the news about how more data will be given per line, so per asset that you're actually putting in. But when that's going to happen, I do not know. So yeah, but if volume is being moved away from ETAs, then, you know, being able to do like equal volume testing to know exactly what's going on. Yeah, you can't really do that. Julia Vice replies to question four saying, this only works for me if Google essentially replaces ads with extensions. Someone see searches for burger. Am I just changing the headlines for my RSAs depending the calendar or a new ad which gets a learning period delay for a two week promo? Dora Thomas um, continues his answer to question four saying RSAs are combinatoric ads. Even the minimum of five headlines and four descriptions give hundreds of ad variants without the ad extensions, making things more complicated. The question, and I think Amalia posted about this with keywords, is if clients will see one ad per ad group and go, what am I paying for? Shirav Dow's replies to question four saying without ad extensions, it will be difficult to optimize the ads and also navigate it properly. Lawrence Chase then replies to question four saying, I have at least one RSA in each ad group. I also have the legacy ads that I that still outperform ETAs. I run whatever works the best and continue to test. I am, however, noticing Google is forcing the issue with showing RSAs more than other ad types, just as Julie mentioned earlier on. Um, so yeah, we've got Julie mentioning, need a script to help you build RSAs from your current ETAs, btasoni underscore resh, so R-E-S-C-H, shared one with me that I'm now sharing with you. We will include it in the recap post, which you can find on the official ppcchat.com website. Oh, also at we-discover.com, which is a blog about ETAs to RSA builder. Interesting. I'm loving that script and bookmarking this page for sure. And then we go on to question five, where Julie asks, enhanced conversions will be a big push in 2022. Have you used them yet? What are your thoughts on them? Here is the documentation on enhanced conversions. But before we get into that, we have Colin Slattery also replying to Dugard Thomas, where Dugard said the question, and I think Amalia posted about this with keywords, is if clients will see one ad group per ad group and go, what am I paying for? Colin replies, I said two years ago, but Google's goal is to eliminate agencies. The money that goes to agencies is one of the last pools of money they can squeeze out of the system and into their pockets. Ginny Marvin quickly jumps on this conversation saying this is false. I can't stress this enough. And just to confirm again, Ginny Marvin actually works for Google as Google's ads liaison. So yeah, this is from within and Ginny saying, this is false. I can't stress this enough. Advancements in automation and machine learning do mean shifts in where agencies can bring value. The opportunity is to spend less time making manual changes and more time providing strategic, creative, etc. expertise to help clients succeed. And then Melissa continues to with this conversation saying, I agree and would contend that it's been this way for a while. Agencies bring value in strategy and expertise, not in doing manual work. Lawrence replies to that saying it will not necessarily eliminate them, but it will make agencies and freelancers need to be more diverse in our platforms. Some agencies made a living just on Google or Microsoft. Now we will need to include other platforms in our mix to provide that value plus creative. Julia Vice goes, yes, truly not feeling that to be honest. Big Blue, yes, they do not offer support. They call clients directly, message Google Trends to 
work with us and focus on selling products, not necessarily services. I see this as an adoption play, not a land grab. And Colin replies, I think everything we've seen over the past four years by Google has been an effort to maximize their revenue the expense at the expense of everything else. They reduced what we spend on ads. They've reduced our ability to filter out garbage. The last big pool of money is agency fees, in my opinion. So, yeah, I feel like Colin is still sitting in very much and he must be quite upset with Google at the moment. Julie replies, I think Google's main priority really is to make things easier from their specific point of view when it comes to advertising. Their perspective and that of people who manage Google Ads accounts can be very, very different. And Julie Advice goes, I mean, it can be, but adoption is low. Facebook is considered easier and more straightforward for SMBs. Just make a post and boost it. Heck, even lots of savvy people think store hours come from Google, not an owner using GMB. I truly think it's an adoption play. Now, going on to answers about question five, we've got some Nava replying saying that I'm in love. They have helped a lot of tough regulations industry regain access to data and shore up conversion gaps. The match rate has been pretty fantastic in my opinion. Dwayne Brown replies to question five saying we're finishing getting them set up on all client accounts. Don't have them included in conversion column yet, but once we know it's working and 100% set up correctly, we will start using it as our source of truth. Then we have Lawrence replying to question five saying, yes, this one goes into the win column for sure for clients. I don't have it running with every client, but with the ones we have set up now, it has been helpful already. Then her taking us on to question six, saying, what has your experience been with Broadmatch lately? Broadmatch, hardly use it because if you don't have overlays, if it's not, in, it doesn't have like RLSAs, a marketing list for search ads, RLSAs, yeah. Um, it's um, a little bit difficult to use. Melissa replies, still reluctant to use Broadmatch in anything other than RLSA campaigns as well. We get far too many consumer-focused queries for our B2B clients with Broadmatch. Julia Vice replies, honestly, it's exact that I'm worried about. Mm. Yeah, because exact is not exact anymore. Definitely. Then Julie Bicini as well replies to question six saying, I do think it is very interesting that audiences were not mentioned at all in this presentation. Maybe you can shed some light on this for us. Janine seems like a big oversight. I absolutely agree. And Julia Vice goes, that is a bit of a surprise. Audiences are now are how I make broad match work. Kirk Williams replies saying that I wonder if they're scrambling internally to think audiences since flock appears to have flopped with none Google businesses and privacy laws keep ramping up so they don't really have changes to report at this time. Just a theory. Ginny replies saying, I wasn't involved in this presentation, so I can't speak to why it wasn't mentioned. Audiences will certainly continue to be important. Ginny goes, you are our link to the inner workings, Ginny. Thank you for listening to what we are saying and taking it back to the mothership. Lawrence as well, talking on the absence of audience mentions, he goes, even Performance Max uses your audience suggestions to build out the campaign. So it is a good question. In Facebook, however, I have been seeing bigger successes with broad match audiences versus the very targeted ones. Algorithms are getting better. 
Jordan Stark as well replies to question six saying a year ago I would never have considered it now it performs quite well stay on search terms for sure enough and our last question of the of the evening says of the episode even <laughs> it is evening here which is why it's the last question of that evening but yeah we've got some Julie asking question seven saying what are your biggest questions about Google ads in 2022 what would you like more clear guidance on for me it's the audience thing why was audience mentioned and what needs to be our focus for audiences in this year? Jordan Stark replies, best practice for testing new ads, given their current recommendations. Mark Subel replies, RE max conversions or CPA max bidding. Can Google ads actually get better performance with smaller audiences or with smaller volume? Audiences on my mind. Most times we see it doesn't. So not clear on how much data it actually needs to start working. They recommend it sometimes with like one conversion a week. Ashna replies, see what numbers come out from performance max campaigns. Exactly. Performance max. How is that going to work? And Julie herself then um, replies to question seven saying any timeline on when more data on RSA performance will start being available. Are audiences being demoted in importance for targeting? Yeah, some very good mentions there. And I think, yeah, we come to the end of the chat today. And that's been a very interesting one. I thought, I hope you found it as lively as I found it. It definitely woke me up <laughs> better than any of the coffee that I drank today. I hope so you've taken some great takeaways and gives you a bit of a preparation of what this year is going to be like and hasn't scared you to bits. I think definitely it's very important. I don't think Google, we're moving away from Google ads and agencies are not going to be useful. I think agencies are still going to find good ways of making money. But as freelancers, especially, it's very important to widen your scope, know about Facebook ads and maybe even Quora and LinkedIn ads and, you know, different platforms. So have a bit more in your arsenal and train yourself on more things. So yeah, hope you found that useful. But if you want to have a more in-depth chat about that, join us on Thursday at 5 p.m. GMT on Twitter Spaces, where Julie will be leading chat on that live. For any feedback about the podcast or maybe even some correction and anything that has been shared, do get in touch with me on Twitter. My DMs are open on the handle The Marketing Anu. Or please join me on our LinkedIn group, which is the PPC Chat Roundup Podcast. I just send a request. We'll be happy to have you there to share your thoughts. It would also be great to have you leave a review or rating and you can now do leave a rating on Spotify so for those who are not Apple podcast fans please leave something on Spotify or on Podchaser you'll see all the links of where you can review or rate on the link link tree forward slash PPC chat so that's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash ppc chat underscore roundup so that's linktree forward slash ppc chat underscore roundup and linktree spelled l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e again this podcast is made possible by the awesome guys at opteo helping you to do more with google ads and for a 60-day free trial check out opteo.com forward slash ppc chat finally Remember, for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week. <music>